Your clothes need a detergent as active as you are. Wynn's sports detergent removes sweat, oils, bacteria, and salts from your workout wearer so it feels, and perhaps more importantly, smells fresh as new. Save 20% off any Wynn products on Amazon using code AMRGOWIN. That's all one word. Limit one redemption per customer. Again, that code on Amazon is AMRGOWIN. A-M-R-G-O-W-I-N. Welcome to the second episode of AMR Trains, a new podcast under the Another Mother Runner pod umbrella and based on the Train Like a Mother Club. In this podcast that comes out every other Tuesday, we're going to focus on topics related to training, everything from the best cross training for runners or to how to stay mentally in a race to how to optimally nourish your body. Our guests are going to include Train Like a Mother coaches, a variety of mother runners, and other engaging experts. Um, Today, since we are just rounding the halfway mark of January, we wanted to focus on setting and achieving seasonal goals. And by season here, we mean the four seasons of 2020 or the full year. (laughs) Um, We're bringing in two big guns to help us out with this. Jennifer Harrison and Elizabeth Waterstrat, who are two Chicago area triathlon and running coaches who um, coach individual athletes, quite a few of them, and they also oversee the heart and soul and triathlon programs in the Train Like a Mother Club. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Happy to be here. Hi. Hi. So the the so that was Liz who came on second, and Jennifer was first. And I call you guys Jen and Liz because you are very um, free flowing with your nicknames or shortened names, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. We got Jen, Jenny, Jennifer. Um, so. Let's dive right in. Who benefits from setting seasonal goals, Liz? Everyone. Everyone. Okay. Anyone who wants to see a return on their investment, anyone who wants to feel that sense of accomplishment, even if it's just checking the boxes, it doesn't have to be a PR or anything exciting, but I think anyone, no matter their level, their speed, their age can benefit from setting goals. Cool. And so do you have all your um, private athletes set goals, Jen? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, All levels, all athletes. And, you know, sometimes what I do at the end of the year, um, and Elizabeth and I talked about doing this for our uh, individual athletes, was sending them a recap or having them recap 2019 and hit some of the things that worked for them and some things that they'd like to improve on. And then looking forward to 2020, what are their goals and um, commitments. I like the word commitments too. What are they committed to? What, you know, a goal is one thing. And sometimes we overuse the word goal. So sometimes mm-hmm. I like to ask the, ask the athlete, what are you committed to in 2020? Is it to run a 5k PR or is it to get seven hours of sleep because you've got three little kids, you know, whatever it is. Sure. Sure. Well, that's, that's um, a really nice way to look at it because I do feel like goals can feel a little hardcore, especially when you might be coming off an injury or maybe you don't have like any goals with numbers attached to them or the number attached is like seven hours of sleep. Right. Um, So, I mean, do they have to be necessarily race related or, or like, you know, super athletic performance related? No. Yeah, absolutely not. And, and to use your example of somebody coming back from an injury, their goal might be to complete their physical therapy exercises 15 minutes a day, three times a week. Or, you know, someone who might be in their off season might set a goal of trying one new activity per week. 
So goals, goals can be a very wide range of things. Yeah, for sure. And I like the idea like, like, that you just talked about, Jen, of having the people look back and also cast forward, because sometimes I feel like, especially with endurance athletes, we're so good at doing the same thing over and over and over again, right? I mean, we kind of thrive on that repetition. So to take a step back and say, okay, I, I know I like doing this. Or I know it brings me a lot of benefits into my life, but how can I commit to something else in it or find another dimension in it? I think that's pretty cool. Well, and I think it also lends itself to being honest with yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And also, also being not only being honest with yourself, but also kind of patting yourself on the back. Oh my gosh, wait a minute. I, I, you know, cause I'll ask, what were your three biggest accomplishments or whatever? And sometimes we just have to say, you know what, we did a really good job. We sure. executed that race really well. And you know what, I was happy with that. And what, you know, and then you can del- dive in a little bit more with that and ask them, okay, well, why do you think that race went well? And it just, is just more learning and more dialogue with yourself um, about it. Sure, sure. And if, if you have somebody who is um, listening to this and is like, okay, I want to set some goals, can you talk about um, some parameters to set them? I mean, I know you mentioned to me before, like the SMART method. Does, do, do one of you guys want to explain that? Yeah, so SMART stands for specific. Uh, you know, it, it needs to be it needs to be very clear as far as what you're trying to achieve. M stands for measurable. So, you know, setting a goal of getting to bed 15 minutes earlier is, is very measurable. You know, it's, you can look at the clock, you can see that it's done. Uh, A sure. stands for, I believe, attainable. So this is something within reach. You know, I, w- I was listening to a podcast the other day where someone called in and they wanted to drop over an hour off of their marathon time in less than a year probably not attainable in that time frame. Um, so it needs to be attainable and that lends itself to the next letter, which is R, realistic. You know, is, is this goal even within your realm of possibility? Not that you can't dream big, but there might be certain limitations based on age or um, the, the, your physiology. Uh, and the last one, T stands for? Timely. Timely, yes. Thank you. Just in time. Yeah. So that, that means putting a date to it. Say, I want to um, do this, this thing by September 1st or the first quarter of 2020 or whatever it happens to be. Right. Right. Correct. Yeah. Um, and so, and how do you, um, I mean, because someone take for instance, somebody like myself, I am 40. I have to do the math all the time. <laughs> I'm 48. No, 47, 47. I will be 48 this year. I'm kind of done doing my half marathons. I'm not interested, you know, I, I can't really physically do them. And then, I mean, doing anything for time on the clock is just not, it's just not interesting to me right now, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do I, even though I, I want to taste that accomplishment, I want to taste that crispness of setting goals and achieving them. Like how, can you talk about how you help athletes like myself frame their their goals or their commitments for the year? Yeah, you know, it's what I call reinventing yourself, right? And mm-hmm. I don't speak from any experience on this at all. <laughs> <laughs> Was that sarcastic? It's very sarcastic. I'm your age. I'm 48, uh, soon to be 49. So um, I, it's really all about reinventing yourself. And you're right, not attaching times to it. Absolutely, athletes can get faster as they go older. There's no reason they can't. But at the same time, if you've been a lifelong athlete, you do have to reestablish the commitments and the goals to that. And sometimes, honestly, it's just about new adventures Um, and not to sound cheesy like, oh, you know, go out and just 
go run a different race or something. No, but maybe a different uh, offshoot of running. You know, you try a, a 5K trail race where the time doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And that all that matters is you're outside and you're enjoying it and you go with some friends and that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I tell athletes uh, that are a little bit more worried about the clock and not enjoying that experience to go back to that. The other thing is just get rid of the data too. I mean, obviously, if you're doing a race, there's a clock at the race, but go out and and run. If you're excited about if a 10K on the trail excites you, then go out there and run it without a watch. They'll stop you. You won't go any farther than (laughs) Right? So, you know, that kind of stuff. And the other thing, too, is if you are competitive um, and that drives you, um, and we've talked about this before, both Elizabeth and I, um, with the athletes, with Train Like a Mother, but... you know, you have to set the new goals for each of the age groups. So when you're mm-hmm. 40 to 44, you might want to just focus on competing against the girls that are 40 to 44. Forget about the 20 year olds, forget about the 70 year olds. And how can you be the best version of yourself at 40 to 44? And in each age group, because each age group comes with a ton of different challenges. You know, 30 to 34, you're having babies. 45 to 49, you're going, you're almost in menopause. So there's a ton of challenges and, 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 just being really realistic about those challenges and setting specific goals and commitments through that. And sometimes, Dimity, it's as easy as just staying healthy and injury free. And how are yeah. you? What's your commitment to that? Your commitment sure. is strength twice a week, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Sure. No, that that makes a lot of sense. I really, I really appreciate that perspective for sure. And I think it's hard. I mean, you know, as soon as I said that, I was like, well, I do, I mean, I do care. And if I were still running right now, you know, running half marathons, it would be hard to see myself get slower, right? I mean, that's definitely a reality of just just life, right? Um, and so I like the reframing the competitiveness because I think a lot of people who are listening to this podcast have that, you know, dominant force in their lives, <laughs> whether or not they, you know, want to admit it or not, right? Totally. So Liz, how many goals or commitments is it reasonable to set for one year? Like, what do you think is an a good number so that you don't uh, get too overwhelmed. If we're talking about goals that involve races and, and specific training, I think reaching for two, possibly three big goals is reasonable. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, from there, those might be your guiding lights for the entire season and, and how your training flows. But then from there, you might set quarterly goals or monthly goals, weekly goals, daily goals. You can break it down as, as far as you want. But I would say race-wise or, or um, time-wise, whatever, two to three mm-hmm. a year. Sure, sure. And um, documenting them. Like, I'm, I'm curious what ways you've seen with both um, the Train Like a Mother Club athletes and your own private athletes, like, and what you recommend. I mean, I know it's so easy to, um, you know, hook up your Garmin via Bluetooth and, you know, have it all downloaded into Training Peaks or wherever. Um, that's, that's super helpful and it's nice to see the improvement there and nice to see the record of consistency and that kind of thing. I'm just curious if you feel like that's enough or having some more um, skin in the game by putting pen to paper or, you know, marking it off manually or something like that. Like talk about that a little bit. I think it depends on the athlete and what motivates them. You know, today I was scrolling through Facebook and one of my athletes had written down her goals for her big race of the year, as well as the daily and weekly commitments or goals that she needed to do in order to achieve her race specific goal. 
And she took a picture of it and she threw it up there on Facebook. And I think for her, that was really motivating, you know, to have that sure. accountability as well as the written record. Um, I know other athletes who write it down on a note card and stick it in their bathroom cabinet. So they personally just look at it every day. So I think it depends on what motivates you and, and the type of person you are. Sure. Jen, do you, um, how do you document your progress towards your goals? Yeah. So I, uh, do pen and paper. So I was just, while you were, Elizabeth was talking, I was looking at my little journals that I keep here. I have one, Okay, don't laugh. Okay, safe, safe zone. I'm gonna safety. laugh just because you said that. I know. I have a journal called "Be Kind," which I okay. need to remind myself about all the time because I can get a little snarky. So it has "Be Kind" on here, and it's mm-hmm. um, I put pen and paper in there. So it has my. This one is my personal goals. This is be a good mother, be a good friend, you know that kind of stuff. Sure. The, then I have the other one I use is called the Believe Training Journal, which a lot of and I do not. This is. I don't get any, I'm just saying this. this is sure. Yeah. You just use it. Yep. Yeah. That's yep. the Lauren. Uh, one of my athletes sent it to me um, yep. and it is the believe training journal. I think it's Lauren Fleshman's mm-hmm. book. Yep. And it just has, and it's non-dated, which I like because I don't want to have to fill it out every day if I don't want to. Um, yeah. And it just has goals in here and setbacks and resolutions and I don't do resolutions, but commitments and calendars. And so I have one personal one. Um, and that includes the, my business, my personal and professional, and then I have my training one. And I just pen a paper for me. I like it. And what what about you, Liz? Are you uh, how do you document your progress or your commitments? You know, years ago, I would sit down at the beginning of the year and write out my goals. And it's funny, I was just looking at a notebook. Maybe it was from 2006, and some of them were really pie in the sky goals. And looking back, I realized I had achieved all of those things. Maybe not in a year's time frame, but eventually they happened. Um, but these days, you know, I just, I keep it in my head, you know, mm-hmm. my, my little file system in my head. And I just remind myself of it all the time when, when things get hard or when I don't want to get out there when it's really cold and windy, I just, I think about my goal. One of the questions we often get asked is how do I get the stink out of my workout wear? We hear you mother runner. After we work up a sweat, our athletic gear can reek, but stink be gone. We found a solution. Wind Sports Detergent removes sweat, oils, bacteria, and salts from workout wear so it feels and smells fresh as new. The key to Win is how it lifts out oils. Let me take you through a bit of science. Wicking fabrics, like the ones most of us run in, attract oils. It's cruel irony that the very properties that allow synthetic fabrics to wick away moisture cause them to attract oils. Adding insult to injury, as bacteria from your skin consume these oils, they create gases which give synthetics that telltale <clears throat> sweaty smell. Win for the win. The active ingredients in win separate oils from synthetics. These oil removing ingredients aren't found in most supermarket detergents. By removing oils, win makes your apparel smell and perform like new. This is because in addition to causing odor, these oils impede performance. By removing them, win makes your apparel wick better and last longer and it works on any stinky stuff in your laundry. Dimity uses it on her daughter's volleyball pads, and we both use it on the covers of our dog beds. Wind stops stink in its tracks. Starting this month, a 1.5 ounce sample of Wind is included in every order from our Mother Runner store. And you can save 20% off any Wind products on Amazon using code AMRGOWIN. That's all one word. Limit one redemption per customer. Again, that code on Amazon is AMR go win. 
A-M-R-G-O-W-I-N. Well, and so have either of you, putting you on the spot a little bit, have either of you um, set um, any commitments for 2020 yet? Um, or are you going to? Y- yes, I have, for sure. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Do you yeah, mind kinda, sharing ones that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, can you share a little bit about, like, I'm just curious, and because I also want to break down, if you want to take one, um, each of you, and kind of um, talk about the steps that you are going to make sure to, to you know, for, for maximum success. So, like, what's one, Liz, that um, is on your list? Well, it's the, the final frontier for me, one that I haven't checked off of my list after all of these years, and I want to be a world champion. And ah, yeah, 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 I mean, it, it's a big one. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's, it's dangled in front of me, like I said, for many years and you know, yes. what, what that has looked like has changed through the age groups. But, um, this year coming up, I'm in a new age group, so I will be 45 and it's good to be young in that age group. Yeah. And <laughs> I have, I have already qualified for two world championships. So I'm, I'm giving myself some opportunities there, you know, and yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's kind of my my north star right there. It's huge. Yeah, it it's really... big. It's scary. Very scary. Yeah. And and I'm not sure I can do it, which I think is the mark of of a goal that really means a lot to you. Like, I'm not sure I can do it. You know, but I yeah. I really want to find out and try. And well, you've been close, as yes. your lovely friend and confidant. <laughs> you have been close. Elizabeth has been second at the World Championships before, so. While it's pie in the sky and it's a very hard goal to achieve because obviously people get faster and faster. Elizabeth has been close. She's been second. So it's not that out of control. Sure, sure. You got me all excited. It goes in, it goes in. I know. I'm like, I'm so, first of all, it's it's specific, it's measurable, it's attainable, realistic, timely. Well, and thank you for sharing that. I hope that wasn't um, too much pressure on you. Um, I'm super excited just to, to see your journey. Um, Thank you. I'm curious, what is, are there certain things that you're going to do differently this year with your training versus maybe in previous years? Um, and and I, we should qualify that you probably want to be a world champion in triathlon, right? Not Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, is there, are there things that, do you need to swim an extra time a week? Do you need to um, spend more time on the bike? Like, tell us kind of if there's anything in particular <laughs> that makes a difference. <laughs> Well, first of all, I need to stay healthy, which is a challenge as you as you get deeper and older into the sport. So that's challenge number one. And in order to do that, my training needs to be really smart. I need to strength train. I need to really listen to my body and also feed it well. Uh, so mm-hmm. so those are so those are top priorities. Uh, and then as far as the specific events, one of them, I absolutely will need to be a better swimmer. And and it, that's scary because I'm already a decent swimmer and I know the things I have to do to get better. Uh, and I, I need to work on flip turns so I can get in a faster lane. So a lot I of, love you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, and I mean, it's just like when you set these big goals, you know, you need to have a strong understanding of what are the, the supporting goals or boxes that you need to check to get there. And each one of those is, is scary and, and big too. But, um, you know, I just, take it one day at a time and check each box every swim mm-hmm. and, and give it my best. And break it down into mini steps. Is yeah. What I'm hearing. yeah. 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 Okay. And the world championships, uh, you're, it doesn't matter where you're world champion, of course, but I think, correct me if I'm wrong, the main goal is, is New Zealand's the half Ironman, correct? That would be one of them. Um, also there's uh, a, a triathlon in um, Canada 
So that one's a little different format, and that's the one that oh, I, yes. I would really Perfect. need to swim well for. So, so that's a, actually I've only done that format of race one one other time. So, so we'll see. That might be really ambitious for me to to think I can win, but why not? You know, why not? Dude, me? why not me? We're supporting you. We've got a lot of people cheering Aww. you on. That's great. That's great. All right. Well, so Jen, putting you a little bit on the spot, what's one that we can unpack a little bit for you, just as an example for people? Yeah, so this is easy for me, but it's new for me and something that I've never even had to worry about. But for me, it's staying injury free. And I can't believe I've even having those words come out of my mouth because I've technically almost always been injury free. But unlike Elizabeth, I'm on the back end. I'll be 49 on Sunday, um, which means I'll be 50 in less than a year. So for me, as a lifelong athlete and someone that's been racing, except when I had the twins every year, um, I just have to stay injury free. Yeah. And it's not easy. And to be frank, I don't like it because yeah. I, I've i never had to think this much about it. I've never had to do all the Pilates and the yoga and the stretching and the, and the you know, the massive strength uh, protocol and all that. But I have to do it in order to stay injury free, especially with the running and the all the indoor biking we do in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That's my, my number one goal. And attached to that, if I can stay healthy then I can race really, really, I can race really well, even though I'll be 49, which is fine. Yeah. So that's my goal. It's just a number and um, happy birthday. Happy early Thank birthday. You. That's exciting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so I'm hearing your injury free protocol it involves a lot of um, like involves Pilates, yoga, stretching, strength, like all the, like you said, the things that you don't like to do and that, but you know, make a difference. And do you like catalog them um, in your journal or anything? Do you say like, you know, Pilates once a week, yoga once a week, or how do you, how do you do that? Yeah, I make sure. I mean, I just have to reprioritize because if it was all up to me, I would just swim and run. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, unless I really change my swimming, I'm not going to get that much, that much faster. So for me, it's just reprioritizing. So I just do strength. Um, Elizabeth works with an awesome athletic trainer and she referred me to him and I love him. So he's been helping me a ton like today. I was like loaded on my waist with like 320 pounds of squats. Now, remember, I'm not loaded from the top, so it's very, very different. But I have to lift hard and I have to lift really, really, really heavy um, and be spotted for that because there's no way I can get, I can't get that, I can't get that much more gains from sitting in my basement with 15 pounds anymore. You know, it just, it just doesn't work at my age. Um, so that's really changed for me. And I've had to do that. I do journal, you know, I, I, I put it in training peaks and I put it in, in my little stuff. Um, I, and I have to be good because I don't want to go. The first thing I do, not the strength. I love strength, but I blow off Pilates and yoga all the time. And they're calling me and I'm like, Oh God, I feel like I'm one of those horrible, like January 1st athletes. Like, Oh, I don't <laughs> really want to go to Pilates. And it's like my friend owns her own business with it. And I'm like, whatever. Sure. But yeah. anyway, I hear you. I hear you. I used to, I mean, I, you know, full confession here is I thought I would be doing Pilates forever and I know I still should still be doing it. And I fell off. It was two Augusts ago. So it was about a year and almost a year and a half ago, um, just because my membership ran out and it was August and I didn't want to renew. And, um, and I just know I need to. So maybe this is a kick that we both need mm-hmm. to just like go in and buy that, yeah. that class pack, you know, and just go for it because there's never going to be a good time. Right. There's but never a good time. And you know what kickback I always get with peep athletes um, and especially 45 plus athletes is that they're like, well, I don't have the money. You know, time is always an issue. 
We all, sure. every, no one has time, but then it's the money. And I said, well, you can either do your sport or you can't. I mean, really, that's what it comes down to. Cause I also have reinserted my massage, which obviously we all know that's expensive. Sure. And I also see a stretching guy. So I feel like I'm just going to be professional strength, <laughs> yoga, Pilates, stretch person. And exactly. see what happens in triathlon. Just put your 401k towards all that. It'll be fine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> My 529. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah exactly. there you go. There you go. Well, and that's, again, and just going back to that, I mean, just a, another example, because I think it really helps sometimes to hear about that is I had also been avoiding massage and I finally went and got one on Saturday. My knees have been killing me, killing mm. me, like running and just everything going up and down the stairs. I'm just, oh. And um, Katie is my friend who um, does the massage and I got a 90 minute massage. She worked on my right heel and my right quad forever. And oh my gosh, just night and day difference. I went and ran four miles, which is good for me, like no problem the next day. Um, and it just makes me realize you have to take care of yourself, right? Yes. Um, and uh, bonus, that's a massage, right? <laughs> right. All right. All right. Let's get back a little bit to this. Um, we're going to close this down in a second, but I'm curious. Um, you talk a little bit about A, B, and C races um, when you're thinking about goals um, as they're racing related. And again, they don't have to be a time performance one. It could be a distance. It could be a challenge to do your first sprint triathlon, that kind of thing. So can you talk a little bit about the difference between those and why it's beneficial to break them into categories? If you do have your eye on something more race related. Sure. So an A race is your, your big race. So let's say around here, a lot of the runners, their A race is Chicago marathon it takes place in October. It's a very flat, fast course. So the training would be designed with those things in mind. B races might be the, they're not, they're not as important, high priority, but still we might use them to see is your training and fitness on track for your bigger goal. So a B race might be a half marathon that you do with some marathon goal pace leading up to Chicago. Um, so those types of events, the C races might be things like the neighborhood 5k that, that you want to do with a friend or, um, you know, the, the 8k trail run that you think might be fun to do. These are more of events that we can use as just a, a fitness boost, but we might go into them as part of our normal training week or training cycle. So we're not rested for them. We haven't specifically prepared for them. And not that we can't expect a good performance at them, but we wouldn't be concerned if, if you just didn't have a great day at one of those events or races. Sure. Sure. So what's your take on, um, so I like that. And, and that's, that obviously requires some planning right? Yes. So knowing that with the exception of maybe the C, but you know, knowing that you might run a half marathon for your marathon training or 10 K for your half marathon training. Um, but what do you think about jumping into, you know, the 10 K a random half marathon because my friend is running it or because it goes through a part of town that I love or whatever. Um, and I realize it might make a difference if you're in a training cycle versus not, but I, I imagine you get this question a lot from your athletes. I mean, what do you do when that happens, Jen? Yeah, we do get that question a lot. Um, and a lot from the, you know, t the train like a mother athletes too. Sure. Um, it, I always ask them ultimately, what's your goal? Okay. If you have a goal and your goals in the next couple months, and this is going to impact that from a fatigue recovery standpoint, then it's not worth it. Um, and I always ask the athlete, uh, is the reward worth the risk? Um, and if it is, then do it. If it's not, then don't do it. I ask myself that on a regular basis 
especially as I get older in this sport, is the reward worth the risk? Um, I'm just laughing because I hurt my shoulder kind of at swimming with the high school boys two weeks ago and, and they keep inviting me and I was, and I can kind of swim with them. I, I mean, obviously they're faster. I can yeah. kind of hang on the back and swim with them and, and, uh, and they got cords out one day and that's the cords, the stretch cords, and you put it around your waist and it takes 100% focus and motor and, and strength to get across the pool with these cords. And I'm behind these big, faster boys. And you know, I'm their mom's age basically. And uh, I could feel my shoulder and I'm like, oh my God. So Jim, the athletic trainer goes, was it worth it? And I was like, hell no, because then I'm fine. It's not, I can swim. It's not a big issue, but you know, like sure. you got, you got to make smart choices. So jumping yes. into a local half marathon, is it worth it? Mm, probably not. But on the flip side, if you're not in a training cycle and you're not in a training plan and you, and you need to have fun, go out and have fun and do it as long as the fitness supports the event. Yes. Yes. I was, I was about to say, don't go do it. If you're not, if you're not, if your body isn't ready for it or close to being ready for it, you know, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be exactly half marathon shape, but it needs to be pretty darn close. Right. Right. And youth races, that's the other thing too. I mean, sometimes if you're out there and you want to have a good time and you want to see your friends, I got it. But the other thing too, is that one of the really important tenets of racing well is separating training and racing so that when you show up on the start line and the gun goes off, you've done your pre-race mental prep. You've done your pre-race fueling. You're mentally ready and you can flip that switch and go. And it's really important that that the races stay races and training stays training in if you're trying to PR, if you're trying to compete, sure. if you're trying to be, keep getting faster and better and all that other stuff. If you're out there having a good time and it's a social for you and that you want to just have good fun, then that's fine. But I sure. think that's really important. You don't see professionals just going out there and jogging their local half marathon unless they're with their you know, spouse or child or something. Something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. When that goes right back to, your, your goal, your commitment, and then, you know, and then standing on the starting line of an A race, right? Um, yeah. So I love how you kind of brought that full circle. Well, you ladies, I just think um, hung the moon and pretty soon we're going to be able to say, um, this is Liz Waterstrat, world champion. Huh. And I can't wait to say that. <laughs> I will put that out in the universe, but thanks you guys for being a great resource in the Train Like a Mother Club. Um, again, like I mentioned at the beginning, um, Jen and Liz coach the Heart and Soul program that has just been rebranded. It used to be called Running by Heart Rate. But do you want to just give us a quick second on why um, you were interested in changing the name and why we did change the name? And someone, Liz, you want to sure. take that? Sure. Uh, when people hear heart rate, it's very clinical and technical and it feels medical. You know, it's, it's a little scary. And, and really, the heart rate training program is about, you know, like it, it's from the heart. It's, it's designed for you. It's meant to embrace you wherever you are at in your running journey or your fitness journey. And, you know, really, it's about heart and soul. Um, and, you know, we've seen a lot of women make very big breakthroughs in the program um, and really getting in tune with their bodies and how to become runner, better runners without kind of plowing ahead with, without any sort of knowledge of, of how their body's responding. So um, heart and soul to me, it just sounds so much more welcoming and, and friendly. Uh, and it mm -hmm. really just represents what the program's all about. Well, it's also a lot more holistic, which is, um, I think, you know, I mean, you guys really, I mean, a lot of your workouts have 
running drills in them or form drills or, you know, different tempos and stuff. I think people think of heart rate and they have to, you know, stay under this certain barrier. And that's absolutely not the case. You're, um, I mean, as someone who's edited and, and worked on a lot of your plans, I will say there is just a, a ton of variety in the runs. So that's fun. And then you guys are also um, the triathlon coaches as well in the Train Like a Mother Club. So I will link to all those programs in the show notes just so you guys can see them um, if you're interested in, in knowing more. But we're going to hear more from Jen and Liz throughout this entire year on AMR trains. Um, like I said, we're going to hit a bunch of different topics um, from running in the cold. I think we might have to hit that one um, from our Chicago area <laughs> athletes <laughs> um, to a bunch of different things. So thanks, you guys, ladies, and have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you.